So today we will discuss a question paper on linguistics and phonetics. Uh, how will you define bilabial consonants? So bilabial consonants are made by blocking the oral passage of air using the two lips. For example, ma, pa, and ba. Then phoneme. Phoneme is the minimal distinctive unit of a sound in a language. The four parts of the roof of mouth, there are alveolar or teeth ridge, then heart palate, soft palate and ula. Then register, register is a variety of language used by a speaker determined by the field of discourse or discipline. For example, the medical register used by doctors. Next is sociolect or Otherwise, a class dialect used by the members of a particular group of speech community. For example, dialect used by college students. It's called a socio-dialect. Then, inspiration. Inspiration is the process by which air is taken into the lungs due to the relaxation of the chest muscles. Uh, next is releasing consonant. It is the consonant that begins a syllable. is called the releasing consonant. The consonants that begins a syllable is called the releasing consonant. Alamorph, it's a phonetic variant of a morpheme. Then, who introduced the concept of signifier-signified relationship? It's Ferdinand Sashor. Then, free morpheme, it's a morpheme that can stand on their own as independent words are called free morpheme. Then, how are nasal sounds produced? They are produced when the active articulator is in firm contact with the passive articulator and the soft palate is lowered. The pulmonic airstream escapes through the nasal cavity. So, such sounds produced by the stricture of complete oral closure are called nasals. Examples, m, n and ng. Then, active and passive articulators. So, active articulators are the organs of speech that move during the articulation. Passive articulators are the organs towards which the active articulators move. For example, during the production of a labiodental sound like fur, the lower lip is the active articulator and the upper set of teeth is the passive articulator. Next is pulmonic aggressive airstream mechanism. It's when the lung air gets expelled through the windpipe and then through the mouth and or nose. When the chest muscles contract, the lungs also contract, pushing the air inside the lungs out through the bronchi and through the windpipe and oral and nasal cavities. The air that goes out is called aggressive. Most of the speech sounds in most languages are articulated using this airstream mechanism. Next is friend vowels. So they are the vowels articulated with the front of the tongue raised towards the heart palate with a wide enough gap between them for the L to pass without friction. Example, E, E, E and E are the friend vowels. Then three criteria in the description of vowels. They are the part of the tongue raised, height to which it is raised and the position of lips. Next is received pronunciation or RP. It is used to refer to an accent which remains generally acceptable and intelligible within Britain. 
So Daniel Jones coined the phrase received pronunciation to refer to the kind of speech regarded as the standard in England based on the pronunciation of the educated people in and around London or southern part of England. RP uses the IPA based on Latin script for representing the phonemes orthographically. Then what are the two kinds of transcription? Its phonemic transcription is based on the one sound one syllable principle. For each of the 44 phonemes, one symbol is assigned based on the letters of the Roman alphabet. It's also called broad transcription as slight phonetic variations are not indicated. Allophonic transcription takes into consideration slight variations in sounds like the presence of allophones. Extra symbols are used to denote all the features of sounds that are only implied in phonemic transcription. It is also called narrow transcription as it takes into account even slight variation that is allophones. Next is Sasha's concept of science. So, the concept of linguistic sign was evolved by Sachur, a Swiss linguist who founded the structuralist school of thought. The sign is formed of the associative link between the signifier and the signified. The signifier is the spoken or written part of the sign which represents the signifier of the concept. For example, the word dog is the signifier and the animal the signified. The relationship between the two is arbitrary and language is a system of signs. Plosives are consonants produced with the structure of com complete closure and sudden release. Active articulator is in firm contact with the passive articulator, enabling oral closure. The two closures and when the active, the soft palate is in the raised position, then there is imprisoned behind the two closures and when the active articulator is suddenly released from the passive articulator, there escape with a slight plosive sound. Uh, for example, perba, chada, ka, ga. Then difference between a phoneme and morpheme. Phoneme is minimal distinctive unit of speech in a language. Morpheme, smallest meaningful unit in a language. Then uh, phenomena of phonological conditioning. Some allomorphs in English present cases of phonological conditioning, that is, they get conditioned while occurring in certain definable environments. The English plural morpheme presents instances of phonological conditioning. It is plural morpheme represented by the, s or yes, as in bats, bats, or z as in nouns and with a voiceless sound other than z, z, and ch or z if the noun ends with a voiced sound other than z, z and j. So if the noun ends with z, z, ch, z, z, j, the plural morpheme is realized as is. So the allomorphs are conditioned by the phonology of the word. Next is uh, linking r. So the words in English that end with the letter r are pronounced with the r made silent. Uh, for example, the native speakers of English pronounce far as far and not far. So the word final r is silent. But in connected speech, if the next word begins with a vowel, as in far east, the r will be pronounced. That is far east. So it forms a syllable within the following vowel in 
connected speech so in such cases ro is called as linking r it links the two words in the speech then syllabic consonants it is a consonant that does the function of a vowel in a symbol example l in battle no in button etc then jung uh, junctures the phenomena of pauses in speech a pause or delay in continuous flow of speech that so that the meaning could be made out by the listener then content words are form class words have distinct meanings and are semantically significant so this content words include nouns verbs adverbs adjectives etc and they are also known as full words or lexical words and this class is open that is we can add more words to it through coinage uh, next is voiced and voiceless sound how they are produced so this uh, voiced and voiceless sounds are produced by the function of the vocal cords or the phonatory system when the vocal cords are kept close together the space inside them the glottis is closed so when the air stream passes through the closed glottis the vocal cords vibrate to facilitate the passing of air so this vibration is realized as the voice and such sounds are called voiced sounds for example all vowels and consonants like perverted etc and when the vocal cords are drawn apart air stream passes through the glottis without any vibration of the vocal cords and such sounds are produced when the vocal cords are drawn apart they are called voiceless for example perter cursor then voice this birder g etc uh next is three basic types of intonation pattern intonation patterns one is falling tone that is when the tone falls from a higher to lower pitch usually in statements commands wh questions exclamatory sentences and tag question second one is rising tone that is when the tone rises from a lower pitch to a higher one it is used in yes or no questions polite request in complete utterances etc next is fall rise tone uh, that is when the tone falls initially and then it rises and it's used when the speaker doesn't intend exactly what is being said like sarcastic utterances next is uh, lag and parol so the system of regularities and rules in a language is called lag and analyze the actual utterances by the speakers of a language parol is actual manifestation of language in individual utterances and it is exhibited concretely as speech or writing uh, lag is abstract uh, that is a knowledge necessary for to produce or to understand speech or writing Uh, next is general indian english so it's the variety of english spoken by all the educated indians all over the country and mainly focus on pronunciation grammar and vocabulary so in pronunciation when compared to rp or received pronunciation it has a lesser number of vowels and that is 17 instead of 20 and consonants 23 instead of 24 so general indian english is rhotic and the r sound is pronounced in all position uh this general indian english is syllable timed while rp is stress timed there is weak vowels are pronounced as full vowels so the distinction between b and w is non existent and gie pronounces words like 
pepper, rubber, summer, etc. with double consonants. Grammar, uh, this general Indian English users, they tend to use dewind constructions. For example, why you are late? Instead of usual, why are you late? And here the use of the definite, indefinite and zero articles is often erratic in general Indian English. Also, reduplication of adjectives is uh, very common. Hot, hot coffee, long, long hair, etc. Then about vocabulary, Indian English has contributed a lot of words to English like coolie, seminder, chutney, panchayat, bengla, etc. And they also use this words formation like prepon, cousin brother, cousin sister, uh, which are not there in standard British English. Uh, next, we will define affixation. It is the process by which bound morphemes are added before, within or after the root morphemes. In other words, it is the process of word formation by prefixation, infixation and suffixation. So, prefixes are affixes that are attached at the beginning of a stem. Unhappy, un is the prefix. And suffixes are affixes that are attached at the end of a stem. That is faithful. Uh, suffix is full. And infix are not common in English, but in some languages it is used like Arabic and Sudanese. They are inserted in the middle of the stem. And these affixes are classified as inflectional affixes or derivational affixes and derivational affixes so these derivational affixes are used to de derive words and inflectional affixes are used to inflect words that is to indicate grammatical function inflectional suffixes do not change the class of the word example slide slides hot hotter etc they come last in a word and do not pile up one suffix ends a word derivational affixation can be both class changing and class maintaining it's class maintaining if the original word and the new word belong to the same class example boy and boyhood nouns it is class changing and if the two words belong to different categories able and enable season and seasonal uh, next is word stress and sentence stress in a word of more than one syllable, one of them gets uttered with more force than the rest. Stressed syllable and unstressed syllable. So in the word police, the second syllable gets the stress. It's uttered with more force than the first. And stress is marked with a vertical mark before the syllable that gets the stress. In polysyllabic words, both primary and secondary stresses exist. For example, examination. Fourth syllable gets the primary stress. And first syllable gets secondary stress. So in English, stress is both fixed and free. And in case of sentences, certain words get stressed while others don't. The content words like nouns, verbs, adverbs, adjectives, uh, negative auxiliaries, etc. WH words, they are stressed in normal speech. Functional or grammatical words like pronouns, prepositions, conjunctions, articles, etc. are not normally stressed except when they are stressed for emphasis or when they come out at the ends of sentences. For example, they don't answer the questions correctly. Next is syntactic and paradigmatic relationship. So the relationship between linguistic units are of two types. One is syntactic and second is paradigmatic. 
So syntactic is the linear arrangement of units like sounds, letters, words, etc. Syntactic relation are those a unit derives from its combination with the preceding and following elements of the same level. Also called horizontal relationship. For example, the word clever is syntactically related with the preceding word the and the following word girl in the construction. So the clever girl and paradigmatic is the vertical arrangement of unit like sounds, letters, words, etc. And they are relations between an element and other elements of the same level which would occur in its place. For example, pretty, tall, brave. It can occur in the same context of uh, the clever girl which means pretty, uh, tall and brave are in paradigmatic relationship with clever. Uh, next is the basic assumptions of structural linguistics. Linguistics is an autonomous scientific discipline. From given more importance, linguistic analysis proceeds in the order of phonology, morphology and syntax to the neglect of semantics. Language is a system of systems structured in specific ways. Each language has its own unique structure and speech is primary and writing secondary. So language varieties to be subject studied objectively without giving preference to any variety as superior. Language is a form of human behavior, habits and conventions and language is subject to changes. And next is contrastive and non-contrastive distributions. So two sounds are said to be in contrastive if uh, replacing one with other causes a change in the meaning. That is replacing per in cap with ber. The resulting word would be cap. So when replacing a sound with another does not cause a change in meaning of the word. It is non-contrastive distribution. It is either complementary distribution or free variation. So when two or more phonetically similar sounds occur never in the same environment but in mutually exclusive environments, those are to be said to be in complementary distribution. Allophones are said to be in complementary distribution. As where one occurs, the other ones cannot occur. When the aspirated per occurs, the unaspirated per cannot occur and vice versa. So free variation is when two or more sounds could be used interchangeably without any change in meaning. So the word either can be pronounced as both either and either or e or i in free variation. Next is assimilation and elision. So the way in which sounds influence other adjacent sounds is called assimilation or it is the process by which in a word with sound say ABC, sound A is replaced by sound C under the influence of sound B. For example, the word handkerchief is not pronounced as handkerchief but as handkerchief. The consonant N changes into ing due to the influence of K, K right after it. So the alveolar N gets velarized into ng, ing due to the proximity of K. So more examples handbag, that girl. Next is elision. So it's while uttering some weak syllables rapidly. Some sounds may get elided or omitted. So for example, bedtime in the sound D gets elided and the word gets pronounced as bedtime instead of bedtime. Then after a while, so after a while, butter and jam, etc. 
Next is lexical and grammatical morphemes. So morphemes are the smallest meaningful units of speech in a language and it could be lexical or grammatical. The words that carry the meaning or content are called lexical morphemes. Nouns, verbs, adverbs, adjectives, etc. are lexical morphemes or lexemes. Example, boy, car, walk, etc. The new lexical morphemes could be added to the language easily. So they are considered as open class of words. So other types of morphemes that play the function of making an utterance grammatically correct fall into the grammatical morphemes category. It's for pronouns, prepositions, article, conjunctions, etc. They are called grammatical morphemes. They are a closed class of morphemes as uh, we rarely add new functional morphemes to the language. Next is the three systems involved in the production of speech sounds. One is respiratory, phonatory system and articulatory system. A respiratory system, chest muscles, lungs, bronchi, trachea or windpipe, inspiration and expiration and also due to the contraction of chest muscles, lungs contract and push out the lung air through the windpipe and also we have to write pulmonic aggressive air system that is provides with an air stream of producing utterances in for a phonatory system vocal cords when drawn apart no vibration of vocal cords or voiceless sounds are produced when kept close the air stream causes the vocal cords to vibrate leading to production of voiced sounds an articulatory system the lips set of teeth roof of mouth a tongue they are called active and passive articulators. They make possible the various vowels and consonants by various combination of the organs in the path of airstream. Then what are the limitations of traditional grammar as per structuralist? One is Latinate fallacy, that is the notion that Latin was superior and with perfect grammar and English grammar was described in terms of Latin. Second one is semantic fallacy, that is definitions of many parts of speech were based on meaning as per structuralist. Meaning is not objectively verifiable. It's then said with the rising tone could be a question through a declarative tone. Then mixing up different criteria. That is the traditional definitions were sometimes based on meaning and some on function and some also on form. So mixing up the criteria was considered unscientific by the structuralist. Next is normative fallacy, that is too preoccupied with prescription of rules and norms to the neglect of actual usage. Next is logical fallacy, that each language has its own set of rules. The traditional grammarians had the false faith in the existence of laws universally applicable to all languages. To say that English has three tenses when it has only two, it's an instance of logical fallacy. Another limitation is lack of explicitness that is regarded to linguistic description. Next is neglect of spoken form, then ignoring language variations like dialect and register and also historical fallacy. That is ignored linguistic changes and try to preserve the purity of language.